Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Gun show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley, and this week is all about artivism. This is the third show in this series, and Sean Stefanik speaks to Michael Sylvan Robinson about their fashion and artivism, including the piece designed for Jordan Roth at the recent Met Gala. Myra Slotnick from Gag P-Town tells us about Enough, a project for theater students writing plays to end gun violence. We have a special report on honoring New York gun violence victims in Battery Park, and some of our fellow gaggers slash artivists chime in about the importance of using art in the gun violence prevention movement while preparing for an upcoming action in D.C. But first, our In Memoriam. This week's In Memoriam is for a friend of mine from my hometown. Soren Arnold Schlegel, 41, was fatally shot on Friday, October 8, 2021, in Portsmouth, Virginia. Soren, a real estate agent, was shot and killed by a client who was displeased with a recent home purchase. He had just moved from Alabama and bought the home unseen. When police arrived, they talked to the owner, who was holding a weapon, and told them he had killed his realtor. He then shut the door when the SWAT team arrived. Minutes later, they heard a gunshot. The man took his own life. Hampton Roads Pride posted, We are heartbroken to announce to our family that Soren, our brother, friend, member, and volunteer, was fatally shot. Our love and support goes out to Soren's family and friends as we struggle to wrap our heads around this devastating loss. Soren's kind and generous spirit left us too soon. Rudy Almanzar, the president of Hampton Roads Pride, said, The LGBTQ community of Hampton Roads has lost a vibrant person who's hard to replace. Soren had been a member of the LGBTQ nonprofit for more than a decade and an avid volunteer active in the LGBTQ community. He always had tons of energy. I never saw him not smiling, laughing, and wanting to have fun. He worked hard, he played hard, said Almanzar. Almanzar was stunned hearing the news confused as to why and how this could have happened. I literally had to read it four to five times, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. We are here to build up a community, and one of our building blocks is missing. Hampton Roads Pride will be planning a memorial service set for this week to honor Soren. My heart goes out to uh, friends, uh, his partner and family. I know how much they loved each other and how close they were. Um, Soren, we remember you. One thousand fifty vases of flowers representing New Yorkers who died of gun violence this year are on display in the Oval at Battery Park in Lower Manhattan. Former Congress member Gabby Giffords, who was shot in the head back in 2011, has become a leader in gun violence prevention. She says stopping gun violence takes courage. The courage to do what's right, the courage to new ideas. I've seen great courage when my life was on the line. Now is the time to come together, be responsible. Democrats, Republicans, everyone. We must never stop fighting. Fight, fight, fight. 
Be bold. Be courageous. The nation's counting on you. Natasha Christopher lost her son to gun violence. Akil Christopher was shot in the back of his head while walking home from a graduation party. My son would survive for 14 days and then died on his 15th birthday, July 10, 2012. Um, that would change my whole life. But I tell people, I'm able to stand here today because of a pain that gave me purpose. Christopher, looking out on the memorial, says we must put an end to senseless gun violence. I don't want to ever have to bury another child. I have surviving other kids, and I wake up every single day fearing that my 15-year-old son will not make it home, and I should not have to live like that. This right here is great, but this should not be happening. I will stand here and support the Congresswoman because I believe in her cause. But this is not what we're supposed to be standing here for. Natasha Christopher wants Congress to act. Jerry Nadler agrees. The New York representative is chair of the House Judiciary Committee, instrumental in passage of a universal criminal background check in the House. It's H.R. 8, the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2021. Guns are used in suicides, domestic violence, gun, gang violence, and in so many other tragedies. It is time for us to act. We've we've had too many moments of silence and too many expressions of sympathy. Too many families are grieving the loss of a loved one. As challenging as this problem is, we have the ability to address it and to save lives. Nadler says we should act and we should act now. Representative Hakeem Jeffries, chair of the Democratic Caucus, also from New York, says America is a great country in part because the framers didn't promise perfect, but a march towards a more perfect union. And now we're called at this moment in this imperfect country as we march toward a more perfect union to try to address the epidemic of gun violence here in America, the wealthiest country, the greatest country in the history of the world. A country, however, that has 4% of the world's population, but more than 40% of the world's guns. It's estimated that there are more than 300 million guns circulating throughout America, many of which law enforcement has no idea where they are or how they may fall into the hands of criminals who will do harm to our families. Like Representative Nadler, Representative Jeffrey says the House has acted and we need the Senate to act. We need Congress as a whole to have the courage to change the conditions in this country. According to the FBI, there has been a 30 percent spike in murders, 70 percent of which are associated with a firearm. That's an increase driven by access to firearms. Giffords is an organization dedicated to saving lives from gun violence. Their executive director is Peter Ambler. He echoes messages from our New York representatives. The House has acted. The leaders behind me have acted. But we need Republicans in the Senate to listen to the 90% of their constituents 
to the doctors, to the gun owners, to the businesses, to people in this country who simply want to live free of gun violence. Ambler says the Gun Violence Memorial is a call to act on gun violence prevention and solutions. You can visit the memorial in Battery Park through October 8th. Then it continues to move across the country to encourage leaders to take effective gun violence measures. Linda Perry, WBAI News, New York. Hey, Sylvan, welcome back to Radio Gag. How have things been for you? Very exciting, as we have seen lately. Thank you. It's good to be back uh, in my activist home and having a chance to talk about uh, the exciting events of of the year and the summer so far, early fall. It's been pretty excellent. Uh, I have a few questions actually about you as an as an artivist, as we like to call it here on Radio Gag. Fashion tends to go a lot with you and uh, as an activist. So uh, my question is, was there a moment or an incident in your life that uh, nurtured you or guided you in that direction? Well, I always think that one of the greatest influences on the art that I make is that iconic um, David Vojtanovich jacket with the um, Act Up uh, activism slogan on the back. Uh, there's, you know, there's an iconic photo. Uh, and that idea of using clothing as a form of protest uh, has always been something that has is kind of an anchor for me in my art, uh, and particularly in my use of text and uh, artwork. Is there a, a philosophy or some core values that you often bring with it with you to this, like like work almost? Yeah, I think that one of the things that I often consider is when I'm making a wearable art piece for an action the text work needs to be immediately readable and understood. So it is, it is more of a slogan or an intention, and it needs to be able to be seen, photographed, uh, make an evocative emotional connection for viewers. I think when I'm making work that lives in a gallery setting or in performance, or uh, that sometimes the use of text is more of an invitation, uh, an opportunity to maybe be more personal and thus to expect that the viewer is going to spend more time uh, with the art, with the garment. Uh, as you know, a lot of my work is memorial based. And so sometimes the idea of the absence of a body is, is as important or more important than when I'm wearing or another activist is wearing my clothing in a protest. Like the absence of a person who we're remembering is part of that queer activism. Uh, and I like that, I'm, I feel like we're having a whole 90s redux and I'm just still glad I'm here. I mean, because honestly, right, for the activism of the 90s and ACT UP and Queer Nation, that certainly wasn't a guaranteed future. Uh, so I often think about you know, my, my brothers and, and comrades who, who aren't, who are still marching alongside me in all of this work, even if they're not still with us uh, on the earth plane. Wow, that's, I'm glad you uh, brought up the, um, the absence of people because that um, makes me, my next question then becomes, have you, what kind of a reaction or a response have you seen of, of that, of your work being based on those who have gone or those who have passed? What kind of a reaction or a response is there? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that has been incredible, especially with my work with Gays Against Guns, is the way that sharing the names or helping to hold the names is often something that is very positively felt by family members of, of victims of gun violence. And as you know from GAG, we often hear that there's a, an appreciation that there's people out there who care so much about uh, combating uh, gun violence that we're remembering those who've been lost and often marking the anniversary, right? So sometimes we are the activists who five years later, 10 years later, are still remembering stories that are a family story for somebody uh, and that often the media and other um, activism has moved on from them. And that I think that's one of the things that I, I find that making art helps that as well because the, ob the art object then becomes um, something that doesn't, isn't as ephemeral as the protest moment where maybe it was being worn up. Absolutely. So, so you would say then that there is certainly a connection between what you're expressing and, you know, a healing power between. Yeah, them. absolutely. And I also think, you know, one of the things that I, that I spoke uh, a fair amount about around this, the Met Gala garment that I made for Jordan Roth is this idea of uh, gender and gender construction and, and the expression of being more gender fluid as something that is both, um, can draw viewers, but sometimes can also draw really un unwarranted, hateful response from, from people with bias and, and prejudice. And I think that some of the things that I think about a lot is, you know, can these garments be both beautiful and protective, um, I'll give a shout out. There's a wonderful artist, uh, Erica Diamond, who actually uses like bulletproof fabrics to make sculptural garments that are about queer activism and this idea of needing to be protected. And uh, I think of her work too. We've been in shows together. So sometimes there's that way in which you, you kind of have different approaches to the same intention. My, my protection work is sort of more spiritual or, or metaphorical, but I think that her use of that material uh, is in that same kind of line as well. Wow. Wow. That, that's quite an interesting approach. Um, wow. You know, one of the things that I, I shared uh, at a gag meeting was that uh, I really, I really am glad uh, that my, you know, that the piece that I made for the Met Gala was very much about identity and gender. And as a result, ar arises out of queer activism and that expression of um, identity as being something very valid and important. And uh, obviously there were some very, very powerful acts of protest at the Met Gala. And I am glad that my community includes friends and, and, and comrades and activism who were, who were at that event protesting for, for a variety of reasons, whether it was uh, representation or um, you know, capitalism and consumerism, uh, all of those things are things that I think are uh, valid questions. And as we know about protest culture, uh, that a good opportunity with lots of media to make a very clear, visible statement comes in many forms, right? So if it's AOC wearing her uh, gown at the Met Gala, that's one way, right? But then, uh, you know, good posters and uh, performative protest are, are other ways. And, and I think that all of those things are 
I mean, from an ACT UP Queer Nation perspective, you kind of want a menu of all of those things, right? You want to capitalize on the moment where there's uh, viewers and, and, a, and a message that can be translated through art, through voices, through presence. Uh, and so I, I think I would have been disappointed if there hadn't been protesters at the Met Gala. <laughs> And I loved what you said about genderless because we do have to, to break down those barriers just to make these statements because the human condition is genderless. I think that one of the things that is always true about my activism work, and at this point, that's 30 years, uh, primarily in New York, but not exclusively in New York. And obviously having an opportunity to be uh, shown and have my work showcased internationally and in other settings, uh, is an opportunity to draw attention and to, to really speak and show the care and the time commitment and the service that is at the root of community activism for me. And so one of the things that I knew when I got a lot of wonderful media attention through the work of the Met Gala and other opportunities I've had this year, I knew that one of the things that I would continue to say uh, was this is also an opportunity to bring attention to the causes that matter a lot to me. And currently queer activism for me is really very much focused on questions of identity uh, as genderqueer artists thinking about what that means and how to share that perspective. And anti-gun violence is really one of the key, key, you know, uh, epidemics of our time right now. And as an educator, as an arts educator, I know that the young people that I work with today, this is one of the things that they have the most concerns about is the rise of gun violence. They are the lockdown generation. Um, they've had a very different generational experience than their parents have had in terms of, of their awareness of, of how guns impact their lives. And then I would just mention, and that this is not so much my own focus, but I'm thinking a lot about how I might continue to, to con take these considerations into my own work as well, which is that the climate crisis and environmental concerns are also uh, very much at the heart of what young people are mad about of generations older than them. They're, they're, they're rightfully angry that we did not make the kind of progress that we could have and needed to do in the last couple of decades. And I would say that the gun climate connection is also very much kind of interrooted into some misguided sense of safety, right? That we could have been making wellness, health and interventions uh, to, to have a safer, healthier, healthier world and that capitalism and consumerism have kind of blocked that in the, in, the, in the past decade or plus. Well, you are right about that. We do have an angrier generation coming up behind us, but they are also a lot more focused on what they can do as, you know, and thanks to leaders like you, they do have a way to express that, which they are. Absolutely. And so. I think that one of the things that I often say to younger activists that comes from my experience as a you know, queer nation act up 90s young queer person is that if you're not learning to care for each other as part of your activism, if you're not learning what it would mean to care for community and care for each other and take care of, in some ways take care of yourself as well for a long haul of this work, um, that that, kind, that missing ingredient in the activism um, leads to sometimes uh, encountering um, 
its own kind of issues and problems that are sabotaging or directly in in an opposite to the values that you're trying to trying to establish and i think as a queer activist for me care and community care are always at the heart of that work and i see that in gag and i see that in rise and resist and i see that in the women's marches and i think there i see that in in, in the anti-gun violence movement i think these are ways in which care care for others is really at the foreground of that kind of work and it definitely is. I feel that too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure getting to catch up with you and uh, learn from you after your recent successes. It's been so Thank wonderful. you. It's always great to be with you. And uh, whether it's on Radio Gag or on the streets, I'm glad to be having uh, an opportunity to share this important work. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram, at gagnoguns on Twitter as well. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. And really, folks, just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Hey everybody, it's Myra Slotnick from Gag P-Town, and I'm also a member of the Dramatist Guild. I am here to tell you about an action called Enough, Plays to End Gun Violence. Enough empowers teens to confront gun violence by creating new works of theater that will ignite critical conversation and inspire meaningful action, emboldening America's playwrights of tomorrow to discover and develop their voices today. Call for submissions are until November 1st, 2021. We call on writers from across the country in grades 6 to 12, to write and submit 10-minute plays that confront the issue of gun violence. Selected playwrights receive a $500 stipend that is sponsored by Change the Ref. They will have their plays published by Playscripts, receive memberships to the Dramatist Guild, and will be featured in our nationwide reading. The nationwide reading is on the anniversary of Columbine, April 20th, 2022. On that day, we invite theaters, schools, colleges, and other organizations to produce staged readings, either virtually or in person, of this year's plays for their community. Performed simultaneously across the country on the same night, these readings are part of an evening of reflection, dialogue, and action. For more information, please go to enoughplays.com. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have today. 
Special thanks to Michael Sylvan Robinson. You can read more about their work in a recent Instinct article from October 9th by Robert Dominic called Each Garment is Layered with Imagery that is Queer. Thanks for listening, and we're back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you with some of our fellow gaggers slash artivists as they prepare for an action in D.C. Thank you, and have a great day. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. With Gays Against Guns, I'm Sean Stefanik, and I'm here with my fellow gagger, Bridget McGinn, who is an artist, an educator, as well as an activist. Bridget, is uh, what is the connection between all three of those, and how does that work for you as an activist in general? Um, well, I think that being, as an artist, an expressive person in the work I do in education is about honoring visual languages as ways of communicating big ideas for students, you know, from young to old, and I think that activism is what we do at Gays Against Guns is very similar because um, we take the arts like singing and um, drag and filmmaking and videos and just witty commentary, our radio show, everything we do um, comes through an artistic lens in order to get a message across. So I think the arts are really an impactful way to communicate and they communicate across a lot of boundaries. Um, you know, even humor as an art is important um, in activism as an artist and as an educator as well.